What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Maha City of Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Hump Day, Wednesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing and spinning the one and twos. Your number is 877-37-GRIND to participate. Today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. The only thing we ask you do is a call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on via, you can do that on Twitter at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those over the air in real time or I'll respond to them later. You can log on to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and leave comments as well too. If you go to my personal page, I see those cooking the ones I see on the business. Just FYI, I've never given that disclaimer out, but that's kind of the reason uh, why that is. But what do you got? We actually see it the other way. The ones pop on screen. All right, this 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 show. Yeah, but the ones that usually get come through on the phone that I can see. But either or, yeah. like I said, either or, if I don't respond to them in real time, I'll go ahead and respond to them later. Uh, but also keep in mind, if you miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast 365 seven days a week. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Let's get to it. We've got some things to get to as we move through the week on this hump day. Uh, first off, we will uh, definitely got NFL news uh, popping off, especially with them boys, the Cowboys. Um, amazing. Uh, we're definitely going to start there shortly. Jerry's not too happy with Brandon Cooks for a stunt that he pulled and also we've got a dallas cowboy rookie arrested we'll talk about those charges here in a little bit uh also we've got some other nfl news as well andy reed has spoken and i think chiefs kingdom need to really listen to this one because uh, this is one of those that i've got to get some clarification on this in the context that it was giving and andy because it has to do with sean jones basically replying to Chris Jones, right? A Sean Jones. Chris Jones. It has to do with him pretty much replying to a fan via Twitter. Um, and we'll definitely get to that as well, too. Also, um, I've got a question. Well, first of all, you know, um, Denver just wrapped up their morning joint practices with the Rams. You know, the Rams have landed. They're in this joint practice situation. Sean has let it be known what he doesn't really want to see. And um, I've already gotten heard some feedback in regards to how it went today. So I want to touch on that, but also a question surrounding this situation with Russ and Sean. You know, again, like I told y'all before, man, I'm a guy that has to fall asleep with the TV on. So when I wake up, most likely I'm either if it is not um, BT video soul at night. I'm waking up to ESPN in the morning. That's what I'll fall asleep to. And then I wake up again to Greeny and get up. And, you know, Pal Salatoni, you know, this guy that's always covered the Eagles. You know, he had an interesting um, 
take because the whole deal was one of the questions which I kind of want to ask was you know really if this doesn't go well it's first year with Russ like if Russ just really can't stay consistent because he might start the season off good and then he might start to fade and then just people like look man he's just he's lost it he's gone how much of this is really do you put we put on Sean in the first year so I want to discuss that as well too we've got some other NFL doings that team called the Jets you know the one that's sucking all the oxygen up for the offseason um I guess on Hard Knocks, and I've told you that I, I haven't. I told you I was going to probably get that one episode, and I haven't watched another episode yet. But I guess in the latest episode, uh, you know, Randall Cobb was kind of talking to the young receivers, and he had a message for them. So I want to go ahead and circle back to that and really what the reaction was of that once it got back to Aaron Rodgers. Also, speaking of watching things, um, you know, especially, you know, baseball. It's been kind of slow in baseball the last couple of nights or really last night, too. But um, on Netflix, because I know the Florida Gators debuted yesterday, episode one. I'm halfway through that. You know, I was waiting for AC wants to watch that. And she was just getting too tired. She's like, I got to sleep. I'm like, man, you're getting old. Man, you can't stay like you used to, huh? Because I know I can't. You know, she's got six years on me, so I have to give it to the business when I can. So... I got her into watching that. But the one that I will say that we have that's under the radar, I think it's called Collectible Kings. It's on Netflix. That is a that's a must watch. I meant to have been telling you about that, Jim, because I know you've had your time with trading cards and collectible. This is um, I've, I've been zooming. They're only about 30 minute episodes, but I've been zooming, zooming through them. AC's got into it too, but it gives you the behind the scenes of really the multi-billion dollar industry, which is in collecting and items, not just really car collecting, but everything. And I guess this is the guru, the big guy on the block in the world. Uh, but it's a must. And the crazy thing about it, after it took me the second episode, but I'm clicking and I look at executive producers and who do you know? Peyton Manning. I'm like, this guy here, these Omaha productions, Peyton's got his hands in everything, man. But it's it's a much watch because you look at some of the stuff, the value. I mean, they had the the one of the Jackie Robinson Brooklyn Dodgers jerseys. Uh, there's only a few. And of course, we all know the number 42 is retired, but this actual one, you can actually see like a bloodstain in the back. I mean, it's, it's one that he wore. The, the owner of that, wanted capped out at 10 million they got like 7.2 but he turned it down there's one guy that has the biggest soccer collection there is uh in the world a memorabilia he was down to his last 200 dollars. he's about to sign a deal with Messi because he has his famous jersey that he took off like i think it was 2007 that netted 700 it's amazing i mean it's a business they've got the whole auction online i mean it's really crazy stuff you see but that's that's one that i don't usually rec do that i don't recommend people to watch stuff and stuff because half the time i'm not but when i come across some of things flying on the radar that's very interesting drake makes an appearance in there what do you got if you're googling it or looking for it on netflix it's king of collectibles king of collectibles yeah. there you go yeah king of collect it's i mean hey and i remember and then it came across because i remember you i think it was last year or it may have been getting this year last year you were telling me and that was the big one of the episode that i've gotten to you were telling me about that lebron 
three that the exclusive that has the clip of the jerseys, the NBA logo. Yeah, they will. You know, of course, the auctions will they let you know they they found they it was finally found. And, you know, you got and like I said, Jonas is in this kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm speaking to the choir here, but I'm just for the audience. I mean, one of the things you know, of course, you tell me when you open a package and you get you don't know what you get. There's some of these cases, the guys that went like some of these cases, they're paying twenty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's like a form of gambling. They're paying twenty thousand dollars just to have the shot to see what you get and drake is addicted to this stuff now i mean he he's part of this whole show but it's crazy that peyton manning is producing it because i'm like wow and he's so competitive because he was on the phone with the guy because that jersey that eli manning wore when he beat the undefeated patriots Mm -hmm. the value of that the person who owns it the value of that is right about seven hundred thousand. And they were telling like Peyton, this is worth more than the one that you were. And Peyton's like, man, don't tell Eli. He's like, how is that crazy? He goes, what is the value of that? And they, but he's and I found out he's the executive producer. He's real close with the CEO of that company. But it's that's a world that I think a lot of people, you know, especially as time has evolved. And you know, I remember in the eighties buying cards, collecting guys, putting them on bikes as spokes. And, you know, you're not thinking nothing. But I think we're far removed. It's not in your face, but. Slowly but surely over the last five or six years and now, that is a big time business. And you'll be amazed how many wealthy and rich people are what they will spend and what they will just to say that they have it. Or if it's a one of five or if it's a one on one. What do you got? Well, that reminds me that the other day there was a breaking story or a story that kind of came out. Uh, the Mickey Mantle jersey set, uh-huh. set a new record $4.68 million um, for a jersey that Mantle wore during the home opener of this 19. 19- uh, 58 uh, season after they got revenge against the Milwaukee Braves in, in the World Series the year before. So, oh, man, and, and it's just the fact that that stuff is out there flow. So, yeah, when you get a chance, take uh, take that in. Um, also, speaking of baseball, um, the Yankees have made it nine in a row now. At earlier this Monday, I figured as I was wondering, was Boone going to make it to the end of this week? Well, they have dropped nine in a row. I think that's the most losses in a row since 1983 or something like that. They, they haven't wa- lost 10 in a row since 1913 or something. I don't know. Some crazy stuff. And I've said this enough talking about the Yankees and everybody's talking about the debacle. I will tell you right now, due to the fact that that's who that is and that's the New York Yankees, and due to the fact that who is the owner and what the DNA blood that runs through him and how it was operated under his father and due to the fact that the New York Daily News, the New York Times, they are on these guys' ass. If this was any other manager in Yankees' past, they would have been fired already. Especially coming off of a sweep of the Boston Red Sox, which a lot of people didn't even think Boston was going to be competitive this year. And they're still lurking around possibly a wild card spot. My point is, Boone is living off of that shot, that home run. That was that the was that the clincher, clincher World Series. Or was that just to win a particular series? I think that was pretty much a part of World Series that he did that in. But that famous hit against Boston, and I think it came against the Red Sox. Yeah, the 03 ALCS Game yeah, Seven. Yeah, I, look, man. I mean, he's family. I mean, I know this is what it is. I mean, especially with Cashman, because I think Cashman should be getting a lot of heat. And it's going to be amazing. I mean, there's already reports out there that he's pretty much safe, but Boone is doesn't look good. But I would just say if this was any other Yankee manager in Yankee history within the last 40 years since I've been born, probably I would say 46 years, because that's usually right there when Reggie Jackson was showing up to Yank Town and, the, you know, the, star, the, the straw that stirs a drink. 
any manager in that whole time to the time I'm breathing other than Boone, I think they would have been fired. They were getting tired of Joe Torre toward the end of stuff. Joe Girardi, who basically was able to win a World Series with him, he couldn't hang up that much. That has a lot, in my opinion, this has a lot to do with Boone, man. But I'm thinking, like, how long does that last? I mean, you've got to, I mean, because it's not just his fault. I mean, I'm blaming Cashman because I think the team is structured wrong. It was more time put into how to structure the team to keep selling tickets in that short porch they got and seeing the long ball than it is really to win the American League pennant and win another World Series, in my opinion. What do you got? Uh, thoughts about the Yankees being uh, favorites tonight against the Nationals? Man, to look, snap man. that losing streak. If you are if you are even into sports gambling, into baseball, and you are not fading the Yankees, or you're putting money in the Yankees, you need to be at a slot machine, and you might as well just be putting fifty dollars in there every slot pool. Okay, you uh, the Yankees are damn near checked, and they're not just losing games; like they're getting beat. Like, they're not even covering run lines. The Yankees right now, I just think Boone's message has gotten stale. The the whole getting, you know, run and and ejected, I think that it that didn't spark anything. And I really think the truth of it is when Judge went down with that toe injury in L.A. and Dodger Stadium, they fell apart. When, when I mean, he, I never – and I wouldn't have anticipated that, but that even just shows you why they had to pay Aaron Judge that money because when he went to the D.L., this is when all this hell start breaking loose, and they just start slipping and slipping and slipping. Uh, speaking of slipping, the Texas Rangers lose another one in the desert. The Diamondbacks have taken the first two of that series. That's an important series for the Diamondbacks and really the Rangers. You know, again, their big thing is acquiring Max Scherzer that they did at the deadline. I think they're pitching. I mean, to me, I think the Rangers are all in, really trying to make a run at this situation. Um, the Astros, they were able to pick up another uh, victory over those Red Sox. Verlander told Cora, said, F off. I heard it when he, the, the mic that picked it up, and I don't know if it was Cora maybe complaining about something. I don't know if he was complaining something about Verlander. Was he accusing or was it just something? But you caught the raw emotions and the mic picked it up. I haven't heard Verlander spin on this, but that just lets me know, you know, they don't really, I think some of those Astro guys that won that World Series, they look at Cora like, you know what? You're pretty much a trade. Like this whole videotaping and all this, they they think he's they they got him working with the feds. That's the way they treating him. If you're gonna sit there and say f you to a guy that you won a World Series with, that lets me know there's some things going on that they look like they looking at you like you Takashi six nine, in my opinion. But you know, but the Astros they're able to pick up a couple. Just don't play the Mariners. Because the Mariners, I don't know what it is, but they own the Astros. They beat them like nine times this season, and that's when their bats wasn't even swinging like they are swinging now. What do you got? Well, and that throws you right into the AL West where those three teams, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners, all separated by one game right now. And so yeah. it's a very tight race. No, it is. It is. We'll get into it. But, you know, football. We got football. And speaking of that, before we go, NBA, you know, again, controversy is when they slide in the news in August, September. It's either somebody's bitching about a contract or somebody said something. Well, yesterday we were having the conversation because Steph Curry on Gilbert Arena's podcast just said, hey, man, I think I'm the best guard ever. It's between me and Magic. Well, of course, we touched on this yesterday. And I said, well, look, man, I've been there's nobody that's been a bigger fan of Steph Curry and his mother than me but I will tell you like I said yes I can't put him ahead of matching well this morning Michael Jordan I guess the reports are he texts Stephen A. Smith 
And Jordan said, hey, man, enough, paraphrasing him, enough with this best point guard, who the best player, it's magic. And I think he said, Curry's the best shooter of all time. So Jordan has spoke up. The same guy that thinks, Jonas thinks, nobody will remember him in, in about another five years, that guy. If you don't understand that, go listen to the podcast yesterday. Just blasphemy. But and see, the thing is, when Jordan doesn't really talk too much, and he doesn't get into, like, even the LeBron stuff, you caught him one time at a camp when a kid caught him off guard and asked him about LeBron and him. That's the only time you really heard Jordan publicly really even talk about the whole LeBron goat. So due to the fact that he chimed in, I mean, that lets me know how much respect he has for Magic and the relationship they have and the, the, the wars they fought against each other. But that also lets me know when a guy doesn't really speak that much that's on that platform, when he does you know it really bothered him. He irritated. And I think part of that is, too, the old man on the rocket. You're like, hey, wait a minute, damn it. Like, we, like, slow your roll. Like, we know the man can shoot, but that's Magic Johnson. And he said, hey, and Jordan said he got five titles. So I think that, I thought that was very interesting, you know. I said all the things Mike speak up now about. Mike want to jump into this, man. Maybe because it's maybe more because of the conversation. Maybe when they say LeBron, Jordan just laughing like, yeah, okay. But anyway, but who cares, man? Nobody's going to know who Michael Jordan is in the next five years anyway, according to the man sitting to my left. When we get back, Cowboys in the news for the wrong reasons. I've got a question about Sean Payton and this Russell Wilson situation I want to discuss. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, this next segment... 
all right, is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, Specs, when it comes to tailgating, they are number one and supreme in the state of Texas. All right, make sure that they're the number one playmaker and they have lower prices on stadium size selections of everything you need to keep your team spirits high. That is Specs, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, so starting in the NFL. All right. Keep in mind a couple other things before we get into NFL two that I want to throw out there. Um, Sakari Richardson, and shame on me because this was on the docket and I didn't even bring it up. And I'm and I'm part of what my whole thing, what I wanted to talk about yesterday uh, with her. Um, most people know her story. You know, they believe she's from LSU. Uh, was on was on the Olympic team. Ended up getting cut out the last Olympics because she failed a drug test, the marijuana situation. People piled on her, this and that. Well, she just won the 100 meters in the world championship this past weekend. And it's like no one cares. Like America doesn't care. Like to me, you know, even growing up, and you know, and I can remember like I'm, I was a kid at that time, but I was old enough to remember the time, you know, Carl Lewis, you know, in the Olympics in Los Angeles and all that. You know, since that whole time and going on, you can go back to Jesse Owens back in the day. But the 100 meter title, whether it's men or women, has always been coveted up there. It's, you know, it's almost I'm not going to say it's the same, but it's almost up there with the heavyweight title. The way heavyweight champions born and raised in U.S. soil used to be treated. And the 100 meters, you know, and, and she won it. I don't think she set a world record. But the thing is, she she beat two Jamaicans that a lot of people think that she was probably never going to beat. Um, but the point is, I think that they just like America because of the whole marijuana situation and maybe it was her attitude coming back. She was pretty much, you know, as they say, canceled. But it's really gotten any coverage. I mean, look, I got caught up in football, you know, and I didn't even bring it up. You know, but the thing is, is that it's crazy to me the fact that this is a hundred meet at the world championships. I mean, you get this is the level that's right there next next thing's Olympics. But due to the fact the field that she beat, and due to the fact that she was kicked off, she was banned, I think, for a year, something like that, to bounce back and get back now. Now, you know, of course, you know, she she has a chip on her shoulder, rightfully so. But I just wanted to bring that up because it's crazy because it's not even a story. And track and field, like I said, the 100 meet, not the marathon, you know, uh, not the hurdles, the 100 meter dash, women and men have always been in the neighborhood. Okay, not on the block, but it's in the neighborhood of how we used to treat heavyweight champions of the world, in my opinion. But no one cares with Sakari Richardson. You know, and the Jamaicans have dominated track for like the last, I don't know, they're like, they're pretty much on a decade. When you go to Usain Bolt, their women, they, they've they done pretty, they've been the standard in men and women track here for, for a minute. I mean, don't get it twisted. America's always held their own in track and field. But, you know, due to the fact that she beat two of them and no one, you don't hear a peep from it, it kind of lets me know in the media you know, thinks of her in regards to that, but really feels like they just canceled her out. But we'll see. What do you got? Well, we're not really talking about Noah Lyles winning the men's 100 meter either. You know, so I feel like if it's the Olympics 
and everybody's thinking track and field, that's one thing. We're not talking about Katie Ledecky, you know, winning at the at the at the the swimming world championships, the Olympics. It has a global stage. The world championships. I don't feel like anybody really cares. Nah, I disagree with that because when Usain Bolt, every time Usain Bolt, whether it was an exhibition, whether it was whatever, stepped on the track, it was covered. Due to the, I think it should well, be covered. About the goat, but but I'm talking okay, about Michael what, Michael Phelps and the goat. Well, Jonas, first of all, when you first of all you understand when you win the 100 meters you're the fastest person on human on earth i get that okay that comes with i mean that comes with the whole i mean that whole balco thing i was telling you watch you look at what um you know you look at what some of these track stars have done in regards to whether it's the legal stuff or whatever just to have that rush that title marion jones was at a height where she was making eight nine million a year in endorsements so I disagree with you. I think that due to the fact of where she came from, due to the fact of her story, due to the fact that who she beat in this 100 meters, that is the world championship. That's the next thing to the Olympics. That's the best of the best there. This I ain't talking about no exhibition. But my point of it is, no, it's gotten any coverage. I'm not saying it should be leading story, but it's got no coverage. And like you said, Usain, Carl, there's a lot, Ben Johnson. When they were going through their stuff, it, it, it didn't, yes, the Olympics are going to get the bigger coverage, but if they were you know competing in indoor champions whatever that that was a story nothing beats speed the fastest person on earth you know what that much feel like i mean i'm just telling you you know eight seven seven three seven grind all right let's get into football um reports and i think you know um well there's some reports out on this but evidently cowboys rookie all right, he's defensive rookie. Sam Williams was arrested Sunday by Frisco police on marijuana and weapons charges. Also, I think I read that he was going like 100 miles an hour in a 55. Still don't understand these brothers with speed and want to live on the edge. Um, now, what round did they draft him in, Jonas? What, what round is he in? Um, the speeding incident was a separate incident, so I do want to point that so out. So, what I mean, it was in the same day of this a prior offense, or, or what? Are you sure? Because I thought he was cited for everything. Uh, so, last December, he was cited in a... In a uh, Again, this is ESPN. Last December, Williams was involved in an accident not far from the team's practice facility in which his car was totaled. A month later, he was cited for misdemeanor reckless driving. According to Plano, Texas, he, you know, Plano police, he was driving close to 100 miles in, uh, an hour and a 55 and weaving through traffic. So this is a separate incident. So what did he get pulled over for this time? Well, this time uh, he was cited, and, and again, Todd Archer over at uh, ESPN, Dallas Cowboys defensive end San Williams was arrested on Sunday on charges of possession of a controlled substance and law- unlawful carrying of a weapon according to Frisco police. And what round was he a draft pick of? Do you know? Uh, he's a rookie. Um, again, regardless if they were depending on him being a starter or a depth, it, it's still one of those situations to where, you know, I still feel that... He's a second-round pick. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's in, pretty uh, valuable. 2022, so last year. It's still a second-round pick. And so evidently, yes, that's somebody that they're counting on this year in the defensive end position and on the line. This is one of those situations to where I think we spent a lot of time, and this is why I always go back to this. We spent a lot of time about Dak, 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 Dak. And that's the reason what's holding the Cowboys back and this and that, and that's what's going on. When the reality of it is, it's the culture that they've had since the man that I've got a lot of respect for 
couldn't really stand growing up because I just hate the Cowboys. That's just what it is. But I've, as I've gotten older, I've grown more respect for them. Speaking of Jerry Jones, they've had the same culture. There's there's a lot of – I mean, it doesn't really matter, you know, the coach. You know, I'd have to go back and see really, you know – I mean, even Jimmy, you know, of course, it's all well-documented. Michael Irvin walking through court. You know, Michael had his stuff while Jimmy was a head coach, and he was a guy that was had a lot of respect in that locker room. Bill Parcells – the Bill Parcells era, I can't really remember, you know, in regards to the rest rate or all people off the field trouble. But if you go to all the other coaches after that, it, it's it's a problem that it's always been whether it's a rookie, whether it's a star player. And to me, that always goes back to the culture that has been under Jerry Jones. And due to the fact these are grown men, I mean, Jerry, Mike McCarthy, you know, Stephen Jones, you can't be with these guys 24-7. I mean, you have a better chance, and it's hard enough to control college football players on campuses that live on campus or they live nearby the campus, and you can't have, you know, a Nick Saban or whoever you want to say, Kirby. I mean, Kirby can't control his guys from speeding. And And like I said, they're in college. So, but with that said, when I kind of point the finger in that way, because it's just fact of the accountability and the lack of it, meaning that you have to think that the history and what's really gone through that organization and new fact that, you know, if you're a Jerry's guy, you know, he'll, you know, he'll hang on to you. I mean, Jerry had a guy that, that, that killed somebody in a DUI and brought him out on the sideline like less than a month later. And took forever before he even released them. There are situations to where it, you have to think when you get in that organization, if you don't really fear too much of the man up top and it doesn't trickle down or whether it's the GM or the coach, which he wears the GM hat. If you don't really have the fear that, hey, you know what, if I get, you know, I'm a second round pick. If I get in trouble with this and this, I could be out of here. I just think that that stands for the problem. I mean, there's again, I've said it for weeks and I'm going to keep saying it. Um, I have not liked their offseason. I mean, when you look at the te- when you look at the roster, look, this is the NFC, and I understand we go in cycles because I remember growing up. I think there was one time the NFC won like thirteen straight Super Bowls. I thought it was never going to end, so it goes in cycle of dominance of conferences. But right now, the AFC is big time. It's it's big, but you could probably take I don't even know but how this season's gonna play out, but you could take probably three or four teams in the AFC that's gonna miss the playoffs this year, and you could put them in the NFC, and if they were in the NFC, they'd be in the playoffs. So the Dallas Cowboys, they've got a roster that can compete with the with the top three in the NFC. Now, I don't think they're as talented as Philly. I don't think that there is probably maybe as talented as even San Fran, but they're in the neighborhood, they're there. So it's not really about I'm, it's not about me having a bad feeling about their season because of the lack of talent or the way the roster is. It's just it's the it's the mentality. It's the fact that, you know, ever since the changing of that game or losing that game against the 49ers in the division round, I just feel as soon as the clock said zero zero, the blame game started internally. And then it kind of was, you know. Somebody's got a sacrificial lamb, so it's Kellen Moore. And and all it's been is just basically what we're going to do. This is why we didn't do that. This is what we're going on. And it's just been from one thing to another. Prime example, Steve, uh, Jerry Jones, he's not too happy with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks decided to go ahead and take Micah Parsons and um, 
Gilmore, their new corner that they acquired from the Colts, up in a plane to fly. Jerry wasn't too happy with that, you know, and I don't blame I mean, first of all, I looked at this. I think that Brandon Cooks has like 220 hours of flying experience. Do you think there is no way that I'm getting my black ass up with nobody that only got 220 hours of air flying time. You don't like to fly commercial. I, I mean, to, like, to me, it just goes back to like, what are the, sometimes these brothers like, y'all really want to live by the sword, don't you? I mean, why? I mean, we're getting ready for, I mean, have they not watched the news? And unfortunately, and I'm not trying to make no light of this, but have you not watched the news in the last, I don't know, six months to a year? on how many of these private planes have had trouble landing that has perished because, you know, this and that. Not really so much commercials because they can go away too, but anything can happen. But the, the small aircraft, and you want to take you and two of your teammates to show them off that you got a plane, whatever, and you've only got 220 hours of experience. And Micah Parsons and Gilly is going to get up in that plane. Come on, man. And look at this. Just another thing. Like, what are they doing? Look, this is going to be an interesting case study for me this season in regards to the teams that were really just loud in the offseason compared to the teams that you really have to really like, hey, what are they doing over there? What's going on over there? And the Dallas Cowboys, along with the Jets, I think it's the Cowboys and the Jets, man. They have been like – they've been talking – like, it's all about – Everything's out there. I'm not going to say everything but football, but it's a lot too much. They're doing too much. Doing too much. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what else we got? So we have to see how that plays out. I don't know if he's good enough to where he'll survive. Probably maybe going to face some discipline. Uh, Don't know the details. Or maybe they might. And honestly, I don't know if they can outright decide to make a decision to release him or cut him. If you're talking about a second-round pick and you're talking, and I already told you, after watching that Seattle game this past weekend, Dallas and Seattle, Dallas is another one of those teams that can't really uh, afford big key injuries. They really can't. I mean, it's the same thing I've said about the Denver Broncos, and I'll say the same thing about the Cowboys. They can't really afford any injuries on the O-line and pretty much the D-line anywhere. Their depth is not that good. So to me, you know, the 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 key of this is going to be the health and how they how they handle themselves going forward. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what do we got going on? We got Kenneth checking in here. He's on Facebook Live. Hey, Cal, NBC did do a piece on Carly last night on World News. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. But I mean, but see, Kenneth tells me, I mean, last night's Tuesday. You broke it on Saturday. I mean, Jay Leno. I mean, well, that, well I forgot we got writer strike anyway. I was just going to say, like, Jimmy Kimmel, nobody else can put on, but we got writer strike. But no, that's fine. But I'm just saying, and really, you know, Kenneth, it was really more of like, really, I would say the sports media. I mean, it's not so much about the world news and all that. It's really about the sports media world that I was dressing to. But thank you for updating me this. At least you got some sign there, shine there on the world news stage. 877-37-GRIND. Uh, sticking with the football theme, the next thing I wanted to talk about before we get into uh, the word on the street today for the Denver Broncos and L.A. Rams joint practice um, and this Russ and Sean question I have, um, let's stay in the AFC West and let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Okay. Now, Chris Jones, I guess, was on Twitter yesterday, or maybe it was yesterday or the day before, and I guess somebody was tweeting in the thread, the fan is like, yo, man, when is Chris coming back? And Chris decided to go ahead and tweet and reply probably by week eight. Now, of course, that's going to get attention. Now, he could be what the youngsters say, trolling. He could just been out there like, oh, I put it out there. But what is alarming to me is Andy Reid's comments. Andy Reid says, and I would like to know, like, more specifically, like, when he says that we have not talked or heard from Chris, does that mean you ain't heard from him all off season? OTAs? Well, I mean, we know he didn't show up for OTAs a minute, but there's been no communication. Because if there's been no communication, that's a concern. If you're talking about we are less than a few weeks away from the season starting. Okay. A couple weeks, two and about two, the season starts in about two weeks. And you, your best pass rusher, you had no communication with him. Now, I'm going to, you know, I know I've been on this kick with the running backs and everything, but it's going to come to a point where, you know, because you hear reports that Josh Jacobs is coming back to the Raiders. He'll be there for week one. Um, we understand, you know, the Jonathan Taylor thing is a, is a different situation altogether. Um, my point is, is that we know about the Barkley thing. It's going to come to a point is one of these guys really going to push the limits? Because let me tell you, I understand that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the offense, you know, what's going on, Andy Reid, as much as I say, hey, you know, Andy's doing this with backups and all that. Chris is one of those that if they don't find a way to get him in on the field, there will be a difference that you would see, especially with losing Clark. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's one of those things that I feel that Andy, and you know what? And I credit to Andy for being straight up about it because Andy didn't kind of sugarcoat. He just said, hey, I haven't heard from him. <clears throat> but the reality of it is I want to know how long. Do you know? Have you heard anything? Like, what is, are they talking about? Because I really would like to know if they haven't had contacts with him all offseason. And if you got him tweeting and replying to some youngster about, oh, I'll be back week eight. Oh, I, Concerning. We do know that he said in the spring that he wants to <coughs> remain with the Chiefs. He wants to retire a Chief. He pulled a Lamar Jackson card on that one. Um, but, no, there hasn't been any any communication. And then you look at the schedule, and we can do that when we come back, but how far can they make without him, and can the situation press him into, press him and the team to get something together sooner? We can look at it. We can look at it. Also, we've got news out of the joint practice today between the Rams and the Denver Broncos. We'll touch on that as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.